Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Stevel and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 31, Internet Friends. Content warning, we're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like you, uh, you might not <laughs> like all the words we use or the ideas that we bring up. Uh, if you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay. We still love you. Get the fuck out. I, uh, so just before we started recording, I told Robot that I think, I think I gave myself brain damage this weekend and I was feeling a little fuzzy anyway, you know, and then I listened to the most recent episode of Revolting that was published and I think that was 17 or 18. 17, yeah. And it is, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassingly bad. I just couldn't, I couldn't get it together. I couldn't put sentences together. My vocabulary consisted of maybe a total of 15 words. And I just kept <laughs> saying them over and over again. I don't know what the fuck my problem was. Well, you and I have this argument because I don't listen to the things after we do them. And you're like, what the fuck? <clears throat> Well, you know, you got to listen to it to get better at it. And you're, I Stiebel think, is a, a consummate professional. I think, despite his protestations. Now you're just rubbing, rubbing it in that I, <laughs> you're, using, you're using words with multiple syllables. And I am for sure not going to be able to pull that off today. But I do think that listening to, uh, you know, I'll post something on my website and I'll read it a few times and it's, it's how it all comes together. It has that, it's the flow. It's sort of the aesthetic of the sentence. If it's a written, uh, paragraph or something, there's sentence structure. Like I like all that stuff and I, I've, and I kind of massage it and craft it and turn it into, try to turn it into something that I can be proud of, you know, that, that I feel is, is, uh, right. indicative or reflects, my best self and sometimes this show does and but i don't know well, if i'm going to be able to pull it off today i'm this a wreck. is a one take deal we just we're just you know we press go on the recorder machine yeah um and the squirrels start running yeah and then it just is what it is yeah yeah you, you're right i want it to be i want it to be really good though I want it to be something that I want to listen to. You know, it's something that I want to be proud of. I want it to best represent us and our individual strengths instead of me and all of my weaknesses. And that's well, what just I, listen to the me parts then, because I'm fantastic. You're great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best today. I think it was especially discouraging because I was sure as soon as I moved into my closet 
things got good. Like it was, yeah, that was a, we were delivering a product that I could really stand behind. And then this is the first one. That was the first one uh, where I was in my closet and uh, I couldn't put it, I couldn't put a sentence together and I don't feel like I'm (laughs) going to do much better today, but whatever we're here and that's what matters. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe relatedly uh, today's episode is about, people we know really well, maybe, maybe intimately, but who we've never physically met. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with the internet being such a, um, such a conduit for exchanges with folks, uh, we probably, well, we all know lots of folks and maybe we have shared all kinds of heavy secrets with people that we, I've never laid actual naked eyeballs on, <clears throat> excuse me, like you and me, we're friends. Yeah. But, but I we're don't friends. think, I don't think we've ever met before. Um, I do think we stood in each other's majestic presence one time. Probably at a, a bike trade show at a bike trade show. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't really count. Yeah. Nobody's paying attention to anything. It goes anyway. Right. Uh, so I'm still, but no, I'm still you and I are a great you. example though, of people who have actually a long-term relationship yeah. of sorts, but you know, you're definitely never held, never held hands. You're up there in, in the people that I know that don't, that I don't know. Yeah. For all I know, you don't exist from the bottom of your rib cage down. You're just yes. a, a floating disembodied floating half torso. Yeah. Um, Casey Robertson, Snakehawk, that guy and I have known each other for 13 years, 14 years. Yeah. Had phone calls, exchanged mail, exchanged emails. He's done a gob of uh, graphic design stuff for my business. Never seen him before. And that's, I mean, you know, I might as well keep the good times rolling and just never meet ever. Well, yeah, I wonder, I mean... Say, say you had a ghost living in your house. Okay. And, and the ghost was pretty persistent, not like showing up every now and then, but like a pretty regular visitor. And you just were chit chatting with him. Ghost doesn't exist. It's dead. It's a dead person or a spirit or something. Uh, is, do you, would you think you have a closer relationship with that ghost? This is a fucked up question. I don't know really where this came from. <laughs> How would you compare to that? I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, my internet friends are like friends with ghosts. It's, or, I can, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I don't, I feel like I read somewhere along the way that the human brain is only capable of managing like a hundred relationships or remembering a hundred names or something like that. And it was uh, the context in which this was presented was a big company working for a big company where you don't actually, you can't remember the name uh, names of, of all the people you work with or, you know, and so you're just sort of a cog in the machine, but there's no personal connection. And I remember uh, secondarily and, and somewhat related to that, you can always remember the first time you ever saw friends from college, whatever you're sitting in a 
cafe and somebody walked in and you were like, man, that guy's got fucked up hair <sighs> or whatever the situation is. But but those things are sort of indelibly burned into your memory banks, whereas the Internet, you just kind of, you know, like, yeah, I guess you used to send me cat videos sometimes. And, and so I now relate you to you, not in a physical body, but electronic communications and and that yeah. is even has a shakier foundation for me well what's weird to me so one of my internet friends is a guy uh, an australian guy uh named john um who i he used i when i used to, i had a blog a long time ago when blogs were still relevant you remember that time you know i just heard <laughs> that they're coming back yeah that's a good thing uh, you kept the lights on. I was, um, I've been running so slowly in this race that all of a sudden I'm in first place again. Right. <laughs> or, or for the first time, I guess, maybe. So this is going back 20 years? Yeah, sir, no, more. More. Probably 25 years ago, I had this blog that I wrote all the time. And all my friends had blogs that they wrote and, you know, you followed each other's blogs and read each other's boring thoughts. And this Australian guy started following my blog and, you know, he would like leave comments and little chit chat and whatever. And then I sort of stopped doing that blog and I don't know, like maybe we're Facebook friends, but maybe not. And but now like he follows me on Instagram. I follow him. There's this weird like mutual admiration and support. Like actually he's a guy I I've had, I haven't had a personal exchange with like where we talked about, you know, personal shit in, in at least 15 years, but he takes these photos and I like, I like your photo and Oh, that's a nice one. And there's just this weird, it's this strange like internet only kind of relationship where you're like, I support and boost and promote what you're doing yeah. and you do the same thing for me. And we just have positive regard for each other. That's nice. It is nice, but it's also a very weird, it's almost like it was forged 25 years ago. And then we're both just like, yeah. And that's just, that's just where it, it is. is. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, I hung out with a bunch of folks this weekend. Uh, some of whom, I've met in real life, but it's been a couple years or even five years or maybe more. And then some of these people I've, I do absolutely, I do know, and I can remember their name and I know what their face looks like. And because of developing relationships with uh, some of them like that, mm. I have, I've, I feel like I've kind of gotten a little bit of face blindness because if I'm used to, you know, I, if I'm used to seeing your face or a photo of your face and it's associated with these specific exchanges that we've had, then I can remember. But if you grew your hair out or you got a haircut or you grew a beard or something like that, it's just it, everything gets wiped clean. And it took it was it was it's really becoming kind of an issue for me because I'm, I've always been really good with faces, not so good with names, but now I'm not good with either. So it's just everybody, <laughs> and, and maybe it's because people are getting older and I, you know, the, when the 
when we first met each other, I knew exactly what you look like and that's what registered in my memory banks. But now that we're 10 years older and you have gray hair or my hair is gray or you have wrinkles or something, I just, there aren't the, see you. The, yeah. the physical markers aren't there that I needed initially they're they've changed and so i'm just i don't fucking know anybody it's it's the it's the craziest phenomenon and I, it's really hard for me to articulate and do you feel like a little bit like a dick when someone's like oh steve it's me yeah um you know garbage bear 247 and you're like oh yeah garbage bear oh oh it's yeah N- no i do and, and i it just it's just getting worse yeah. And, and, and going to the Interbike trade show once a year was even, there was a dude that I, I don't remember what his name was, but I used to see him all the time. And we had tons of conversations. And the last time I saw him, he showed me his ID. He showed me his badge and it had, uh, so whoever it was, the name was employed by like Brico optics or something. And I just stared at it. And I was trying to make the connection like, okay, Brico, this guy, this name. And I couldn't even utter a response. I was just sort of stam- stammering. And he, and then he's like, this isn't mine. I just borrowed it. And I was just, I just <laughs> threw my hands up and walked away. I was like, I have no fucking idea what your name is. I can't remember. I can't. And then I've, n- I've not seen him since. And this was probably six or seven years ago. Yeah, I I sold bikes for a lot of years and I worked with tons of people all over the country, all over the world actually. You have to be good at this when you do that. I know. And but I'm not. <laughs> well, two things. Two things about that. Then you go do a shop visit. Like you're in Denver and so you go to the shop yeah. and people are like, "Oh, it's me. Uh Barry McGillicuddy." And you're like, Barry and then you I it breaks my brain because maybe I follow Barry on Instagram so like the face makes sense but I don't know that his name's actually Barry because on Instagram he's you know um tall fellow 641 and then but he's not the main guy at the shop and so there's just all of this stuff and then yeah. there's this other phenomenon maybe you you relate to this where you you have a friend who's like a legit friend and they have a friend and they, you know, they're you see them online together quite a bit. And you're like, oh, I'm going to follow that friend. Mm-hmm. But maybe they don't follow you back. And then finally you meet that friend. I have this problem. Uh, and and they're like, oh, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm John. Actually, I know a lot about you. Because I follow you on Instagram and you're friends with this person, but you don't know anything about me. And that's jacked up. It's a sort of a one way mirror kind of a thing, you know, where you're you have you have these this unabashed glimpse into somebody else's existence, but it doesn't go the other way or vice versa. (laughs) And, you know, maybe partly what I'm wrestling with is that i've made so much of my existence i try to keep the personal personal stuff kind of keep the brakes on that but i've made so much of my life visible 
Yeah. Or and whether it's friends, relationships or, or trips or bike races or telling stories about history, you know, point of reference or whatever. And so as a as a, a consumer of that stuff, just some generic human being out there who has happened to cross paths with some of the things that I've put into the world, then they know all that stuff, but I still don't, it's, I don't know anything about them. So yeah, exactly what you're saying. It, um, it further muddies the waters, I think. And they don't really know you either. They know a part of you. I had the, I had a conversation actually about you with someone last week. They said, and this is someone we both know, um, they said, what band could I bring up to steve that he would lose all respect for me? Because I really want to just like drop it in our next conversation <laughs> and have him be disgusted with me. And I was like, I don't think you understand steve properly because and, and, you know, that's because you consume him in this way mostly. But actually, steve entirely open minded about music. He loves Lady Gaga. Uh, I don't think you could really, I don't think he cares what music you like and don't like. Mm -mm. Um, No, I love, I love, if somebody loves some shitty music as much as I love what I consider to be excellent music. Yeah. No, no problem. You know, but I don't want to, I don't want to listen to it, but you love it (laughs) a ton. And you're uh, a better person than me. I definitely, I'm shitty. I'm like, you judge. uh, I do. I do. And taste, I know that it's not right, but I still do it. Taste is relative. My it, mom it is. my mom used to say everyone is entitled to their own opinion, no matter how ridiculous it is or something like that. You know what's been really good for me? And we're straying off topic again, but my kids listen to terrible music. And I remember that, oh, yeah, I listened to terrible music when I was their age. They're just at this part of the process. And maybe later they'll like good music. But they like the music that they that what well, that is good music as far as their I know. I'm telling you, I'm wrong and they're right. Right. Until they like the kind of music that you like and then everybody will be be on the same page. Which (laughs) reminds me, we didn't, we haven't done the music pick of the week. Oh, shit. We jumped ahead a little bit. We jumped ahead. We already answered question one. One. Well, we didn't really. We just talked about what internet friends are like and, okay. So, what's okay. your music pick? Uh, I don't have like a, a full album right now, but the Afghan Wigs just released uh, the first single off of their forthcoming record, and I am a l- longtime fan of of the Afghan Wigs. I think they are an amazing fucking band, and Greg Dooley has the stagger of, I mean, the swagger of fifteen of fifteen swaggers. And yeah. sometimes probably has a little bit of stagger too. I think it's great. And the new song is, I think it's something called uh, I'll make you see God and it's angry and it, it's fucking, it's kind of like harkens back to early Afghan week. So I've been listening to that single a lot over and over. Yeah. The, the way I listened to the, that first plosives single uh, over mm, and over and over exactly. again until I was like, put out another fucking song guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing them in two weeks, by the way. Um, my pick of the week this week is a French psychedelic metal band. Three piece. Called, three piece. Yeah. Called Slift. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, there's and there's some live performances online that are just, I've seen that are just not to be believed. That's correct. I do not like psychedelic metal. Like, that's not of the genre that I'm like, yeah, cue, cue, cue some of that up. <laughs> um, but these uh, three uh, young French fellows uh, do something to it. They deliver it with a, a punch. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about go, them. Yeah. There's a song called Umon, U-M-M-O-N. Uh, and they perform it in this like planetarium space on the YouTubes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go check that out. Slift. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, they're, they're really good. I got, I was like, just got deep into them for a few weeks and just consumed. I don't own any thing. I don't own anything. Almost watching them perform is it's, it's half of the deal. Like you can listen to it. I would be able to listen yeah. to it on record or on my computer or whatever. And I would really like it. I would really appreciate it. But to see them perform, it yeah. just elevates it to a totally different level. Yeah. So, okay. Slift and whatever the Afghan wigs album comes out, I'm sure I'll probably go down in flames listening <laughs> to that until I don't like it anymore. Um, what So question one, we were discussing when, when did you start making internet friends and who is the closest friend who you also, also have never, never met face to face? Yeah. Uh, fuck. Uh, I, I started making internet friends when I started using the internet, I guess, you know, um, uh, Kristen Farrell is a really amazing artist who came from Lawrence, Kansas, and now lives in Huntington beach. And she and I became friends and have had art shows together and, you know, invited me to her house and I met her son and her husband and their dogs. And, you know, I have like a real relationship with her now. Um, you converted. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that, so she was probably one of my first internet friends. Uh, and like I said, Snakehawk and I, I don't know how we started becoming friends. Hurl, yeah. Hurl Everstone and I, we were internet friends before there was such thing as an internet you know, because that goes back to like, I knew of cars or coffins and I'd had, I'd found his fanzine yeah. and I was making fanzines. So, you know, we became pen pals. So it was the same kind of, wow. it was the same kind of thing, you know, like you learn about somebody through a weird channel who's somebody who's doing something on the other side of the country who is, you know, that is, uh, 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 it's, uh, can't, I can't think of the term. It's something that resonates with you and you like it and it's similar to stuff that you're doing you're simpatico you are of like minds yeah. you are uh yeah yeah i like that that's like a victorian era internet friend <laughs> you and <Earl. laughs> yeah. yeah say sir i like i like <laughs> i enjoy your uh endeavors with your dandy horse <laughs> <laughs> i guess you would be you'd be in that category too because I mean, even though I didn't, I didn't realize that the guy that I used to email with was the, also the guy that I was doing a podcast with until like the fifth episode was recorded. Uh, you and I have had a relationship for 12 years now. Yeah. I think it's better that way. I feel like we are, um, secret agents who have associated with each other on different 
uh, missions uh, <laughs> with different identities. Mm-hmm. And you're j- like, at some point you were like, oh, you were, you know, you're um, you're the fucking guy from Leningrad. With the yeah, beard? that's right. You're no right. way. I remember you from the Paris Metro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Now and now now it makes sense. Now all of the pieces have kind of come into place. And I for sure going forward won't forget that you are my friend <laughs> and you're the same guy. I, that's beautiful in a way, but I'm also low level disappointed by that. I feel like I wish that I could now disappear again. Like <laughs> you, uh, you might <laughs> and just you, reemerged later. You might, you know, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like a, a Mission Impossible when the the camera, the webcam turns off, and yeah. then you walk into the other room and take off your prosthetic nose and take your hair off and take your glasses off, and then you look like a totally different fake teeth. Pull those out of your mouth. I don't right. know who you are. I don't know what you look like. Yeah. I don't know what happened to robot. He just disappeared. Yeah. He just off the off the grid. Yeah. I but I'm friends with this new guy named Tobor. <laughs> has a very sense, similar sense of humor. They have kind of the yeah. same voice. Uh, what about you? When did you start making internet friends? Yeah, it was probably it was pro- it was like late nineties. As I said, I had a, a blog back then. Um, when, you know, it was the typical stuff and i was it was at a point where i was working at a regular person job and i was like trying to decide like am i a writer maybe i'm a writer look at me i'm doing writing and um so that blog is cringy and then there's some good stuff in it (laughs) and eventually i started writing for other things but anyway when i had that blog originally as i said all the cool sort of tech kids i was in the software industry i think then and um all the tech you know you were just oh have you read that guy's blog oh yeah he's not just a cog in some giant software wheel he's also a sensitive artist an actual Um, human being i think that uh also i'd listen to uh, the latest podcast and and i said i think that or i feel like in front of every fucking thing i said and i'm trying so hard not to do that uh so i take that back right then strike that from the record but when this was an emerging medium people were excited to learn that there were actual beating hearts behind all of the ones and zeros you know like mm. the 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 this medium and this product that was coming out of it it was super exciting to find out there's a a real person behind it and what kind of personality are they projecting and what kind of personality do they actually have who who are they as a human being yeah that, that was i think in, initially right it was sort of like a million years ago you would maybe read the classifieds in Maximum Rock and Roll uh-huh. or meet people um, who were maybe letting bands crash on their floors or there was a very tenuous like um, seagull shit and paper clips MacGyver kind of way to connect with people in other places who were of like mind, right? Mm-hmm. Friends and or friends suddenly- of friends, even even through that network, knowing right. somebody who knew somebody or had a, had a cousin or a sister or something like that. Right, 
Right. Yeah. And it was very kind of like, um, almost conspiracy theory. Like you had to like do research and make arcane connections between people and events in order to make those relationships happen. Yeah. And then the internet was like, Oh, well we turns out we solved all that. Um, you can just go on here and Google people who like scented candles, um, and death metal. And, you know, here's your whole new group of people that are ready-made friends for you. There's something pretty beautiful about showing up to a place and not knowing them. But, uh, you know, so-and-so back in wherever I came from, they vouch for me. And, and they, they, if they say I'm a good person, you have to kind of believe that I'm a good person. And uh, right. maybe maybe helps you stay on your best behavior. Or maybe I'll steal your stereo. Or maybe I'll steal your stereo. <laughs> then obviously you're not a very good... There's, I think maybe there's just a lot more trust associated with uh, uh, mutual relationships yeah. Yeah, that yeah. were... Yeah, vouching. Yeah. And you're and passing somebody off to you, and I can, I can vouch for them. I, I know that they're a good person, and they've never stolen my stereo. And so somebody takes your mutual friend's word for it. It's nice. Do you I miss that. do you think I do miss that? Because um, it doesn't happen very much. Not anymore. Do you think right? Do you think that um, like one of the th- issues I have with internet friends or people who at least make overtures friend friendly overtures my way on the internet mm-hmm. is that I don't. There's no vouching, um, mm-hmm. and. I also I'm skeptical that the person that people put out on the Internet is who they really are. Right. So like people present the parts of themselves they want you to see. But then you find out like, oh, but I'm also a kleptomaniac, narcoleptic sociopath. Uh, Yeah, I that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, people talk about people talk about dating apps and you never know who you're going to meet because you can right. somebody can present themselves any way they want to the very the they they project themselves the, the very best version of themselves and so you don't right. know but but that's also not really any different than meeting someone in a restaurant and they're projecting the very best of themselves i guess the only difference being or a primary difference being that you don't have the ability to use your spidey sense and that sixth right. sense of uh, something, everything that this person tells me and everything that they do, everything is right. Everything is right, but there's just something that doesn't seem good. Right. And in real life, yeah. you can filter that, right? You yeah. can take in their information and be like, hmm. Yeah. This, I don't know about this. Yeah. It's much harder to hide in real life than it is. Well, I mean, I'm not t- saying anything deep there, but so I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. I don't have a ton of internet friends who I'm close with just because I think I do require a certain amount of authentication. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's, it, it's interesting. I, I feel like I do, but who am I going to, who am I going to call when I'm in jail? You know, or who mm. of my internet friends would really 
will step up for me if if uh, the chips were down for me. And I I got a handful, and I think that's that's pretty 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 unique reality yeah. for sure. Uh, so, question two: uh, Do we want to get onto that? Yeah, sure, sure. We kind of were touching. I mean, on we, that. we're already talking about it, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. How, how do you, you think? How do you think friends are fundamentally different from in real life friends? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we did. Well, yeah. I mean, even even I would say even you and me, you and me, you and I, you and me, whatever. Um, you and me. Yeah. Yeah. When we first connected about doing this podcast, I was in no way convinced that this podcast would happen. Because I knew you very remotely, right? Like we had ex- exchanged things years ago, and of course, I read the, I read your, I read all hell the black market. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I know who Stevel the character is, and I know, you know, we've had some exchanges, but I don't know this guy. I don't really know him. It wasn't until like we talked on the phone a bunch. And texted back and forth and then did some podcasts that I was like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, I really love this guy. This is this is like I think we've discussed it before. Like we live we have lived very parallel lives in different locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have I didn't know that uh, when Mike Cushenberry was like, why don't you do a podcast with steve Oh, this was his idea. That's kind of I think neat. so. Yeah. Huh. I didn't. I didn't actually. I never really knew where the concept of this came from. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Oh, hey, it's story time with Stevel. About three years ago, Shimano tapped me to join a group of people they were calling the Gravel Alliance. Essentially, this was a group of people who were going to ride and test the GRX Gravel Group. We're going to do races around the country and rides and have light influence on design and engineering and research and development tweaks that needed to be done before it went to market. Uh, On the surface, this was just an opportunity to ride bikes and to meet this amazing group of personalities and even to take a peek behind the curtain and learn a little bit more about Shimano as a company. Uh, But on the underneath, I learned more about myself and my own self-worth than I could have ever hoped for. Uh, The whole thing was really brilliant, and I understand that's not exactly what they had in mind when they asked me to sign on, but uh, that was a byproduct, and I will forever be in Shimano's debt because of it. Well, back to sort of how one presents themselves or how who who somebody is behind a screen versus in in three dimensions. Yeah. Pete Disco, who, who ran the second, uh, third version of the third version of Swobo. I didn't know him, but I was acquainted with people who knew his stepdad. And, you know, like, I mean, it was the degrees of separation were pretty far on yeah. that one. And then Peter and I became friends. And at some point, a couple of times he said, you know, you're, you, I, you were so vastly different than how you present yourself online which was always kind of like i mean i might be a little more guarded online or maybe i'm i don't know i don't i never could really put my finger on how i was different because i'm i'm far more articulate online i think in the written word because obviously you have time well i can't put i don't use my mouth 
and <laughs> my brain aren't always on the same page. And like I said, I can, I can rework something and I can make it, I can write something that sounds sort of funny, even though I can't really do that verbally. But I don't know what his, I don't know how, how I was so, how I'm so different. I think y- your character online has evolved actually quite a bit. I think initially when you were doing, for example, how to avoid the bummer life, and then in the early part of All Hail the Black Market, I think you were really focused on humor and mayhem. And there was a lot of like finger pistols and like fun times. <laughs> and, you know, it was a great character. Over time, I think it's become more you where you've I think you've become more personal and more vulnerable over time. And part of that is like some shit happened to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like any um, it's like any thing you make or any art where it evolves and it gets you hope if you're working at it, it gets truer over time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I've, I've never really looked at it in that context before. That's pretty neat. Well, I'm just here to blow minds. Oh, Con- consider consider it blown. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think you <clears throat> I think you have become willing to share more and to share it in a more honest and vulnerable way, where. In, you know, in the early years, I think you would have been like, well, this fucked up thing happened and this is why I'm right and whoever was wrong. And in later years, you've been like, well, this fucked up thing happened. I really don't know whether it's me or them or what or maybe it's both of us. It just seems like, you know, you've, well, matu- you've matured and evolved. I don't mean to accuse you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And it's it goes to show. I think I, one thing I've definitely learned in the last 10 years is that just because you're a grown up doesn't mean you have the answers. Mm. And I probably I've I referred to my 50s as a second puberty, like get my my mid my 40s to my 50. Well, I'm not even really in my 50s. I'm only 51. Just a mere <laughs> babe in in the woods. Yeah. But between 40, I think I thought 40 was a grown up. You know, because I remember when my mom turned 40 and that was a big deal. We had a party and I just like looking at a 40 year old. It's like, oh, they have a job and they they know what they're doing. And I loved being 40. I thought that was a fun birthday and I thought it was a fun year. And then I turned 41 and I didn't like that at all. And Mm. um, and it's just been it's been a really fucking bumpy road. And the closest thing I can relate to it is being. 11, 12, 13, where your body's changing. You don't feel comfortable in your own your brain feels at odds with your body and vice versa. And your emotions are all over the place. Like that's how I felt for the last probably five years. And it came to a real fever pitch in about 2019. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And it being open to the fact that you don't know anything or you don't know as much as you feel like you should like once I relayed, once I once I related to that, once I acknowledged that and really embraced that, then the sailing got a little bit smoother. But <laughs> fuck, it's an intimidating and a terrifying place to be in life, where you think, think you're supposed to have I it think, together and you absolutely don't. 
I think you nailed it. I mean, I think the older I get, the more I understand how wrong my thinking is. And and actually also the more comfortable I am with that. Well, fighting against it isn't going to make anything better. You know, being no. uh, being uncomfortable or being resistant to to that in your own vessel is just yeah. it's going to make you crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we see that everywhere. People like clinging to bad old ideas. That's uh, probably having a real 50% of what's going wrong right now. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe even more, maybe all of it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I would say that I'm a pretty evolved person, uh, in terms of how I see other people and view them, but I am also like deeply prejudiced and biased and I have a lot of automatic thoughts and biases that just pop up. And now I'm 50. I'm like, I recognize them. I'm like, oh, that thought and idea and even that feeling I had, that was wrong. That's not accurate. That's just not how the world works or that's not fair or whatever. And I just I was talking to some friends the other day and they were like, what do you what? You know, it was around my birthday and they were like, what? Um, you know, I'm the oldest one of my friends. And they're like, what? What is the you know, joking? What's the wisdom of whatever? And I was like, well, the wisdom of whatever is. To understand that I am wrong a lot and just to like forgive myself for being wrong mm -hmm. but also like okay evaluate your wrongness and like get righter you know move forward and mm -hmm. that's that i think is really gratifying as an adult like i think for you in the last year you've understood your view of yourself being inaccurate and unproductive and you're like moving on right yeah that's fucking beautiful. Forgiveness, as new agey and nerdy as it sounds, self-forgiveness. Just just allowing yourself to stumble and be okay with it and to try to learn something from it is is one of the nicest things that somebody can do for themselves. I think I think that's so. where I mean that's where I'm that's where I'm at right now is being okay. Not not accepting all of the responsibility for everything that goes wrong, acknowledging your part in it. And if it was something that you 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 crossed the proverbial wires and shorted the whole system out. Yeah, that, that fucking sucks. But now, you know, and move on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe don't do that again. I was in an AA meeting one time and there was this old timer in there. He'd probably been sober like 35 years. He was like fucking Yoda. I mean, he was really like small and like wrinkled. And he was like, and he said one day he was like, uh, you know, I look back on my life and I've been sober 35 years. And even after all of that, it's been imperfect. You know, I'm frequently wrong, like a human, like he said, so like a regular human, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm just grateful to be a regular human, uh, imperfect in this way that I am. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he's 80. I'm going to be 80 one day and I'm not going to be a bunch more clever than I am now. Yeah. I'm going to be frequently wrong and trying to evolve my thinking and open my mind and God damn. Okay. Yeah. But it does make you feel a lot better about being a shithead because everyone's a shithead. It's like it's in the wiring. It's like mm -hmm. this is if you're human, you're wrong a lot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, was that that it was a sample in that third base, that first third base album 
said he's stupid, but he knows he's stupid. And that almost makes him smart. And I think about I think about that all the time. But then I went to see I know I brought this woman up before, but I went to see this. uh, She's an intuitive named Nita Lipinski. She lives in Flagstaff and she's super witchy, like crazy (laughs) witchy energy. Really interesting woman. And she said that I'm basically in a torrent and I'm fighting to grab onto anything and I'm just getting the shit kicked out of me on the rocks. And she said, the sooner you relent and the sooner you accept that you are in this, this rushing river and let go, you're going to get, it's You're going to get to calmer waters faster. And I think that's just such a beautiful analogy. My friend, Brian, who's a surfer, uh, did this thing uh, called ragdoll. Uh, he used to have a blog called ragdolling. But the basic idea is when you when you wipe out and the wave takes you, if you fight the wave, mm-hmm. it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. You just got to go loose like a ragdoll and accept it and you'll wash up on the sand. And that's the fastest, easiest way. That's why to get out that's of here. When drunk people get hit by cars, they don't get hurt. There, that's the takeaway. Scientific science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I wish you and I had a science and medicine referee (laughs) that would stand by the side and just throw flags. It's just yellow cards left and right. No, no, that's not correct. You can't run over a drunk person. You can't kill a drunk person. They're just, they're uh, immortal in that moment. 100%. They're they're bulletproof. There's nothing you can do to kill a drunk person. Yeah, bullet goes right through them. They're like all wet. Doesn't matter. It's like putting a bullet in water. Uh, Okay, question three. Would you rather eat? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Are we done with that? We're closing in. Yeah, on, yeah. Let's do it. We're closing let's in get to. Would hour. you rather? Uh, would yeah. you rather eat a whole elephant or a whole shark? <laughs> How long do I have? Um. Uh, let's say you have a month. Like skin and, then, I w- and teeth. Yeah. And bones. Skin and teeth. Everything. everything. Yeah. And the shark is like it's like a ten foot great white shark. Fuck. It's like an elephant sized shark. Oh, man, that's just so much bad energy. Uh, I'd probably I'd probably go with the shark. Why? I don't know. Because seafood is more relatable. To, I mean, I don't eat much meat at all, but seafood is more relatable to me than elephant meat. What the fuck is I would do people eat elephant anywhere? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. Think so. Someone I've, eats an elephant. I mean, everything has been eaten. Yeah. I have eaten shark. Um, but shark skin, I think, is really hard to eat. On the other hand, elephants are hairy. So this is this isn't even prepared food. This isn't like a prepared elephant food. Well, you yeah, just are you just can... going snout to tail. <laughs> I mean, trunk to tail. You're just starting. You can prepare it. I'm not. I mean, you can like ah, today I'm going to like um, pit barbecue an elephant ear. You could do that. It would take so much longer than a month, because if you think about if you think yeah, about yeah, the yeah, size yeah. of a burrito and how full Let's you are you after have a, a burrito. Yeah. And you are eating an elephant in burrito-sized increments. That is going to (laughs) take fucking 
There's more than 365 <laughs> burrito pieces in an elephant. Yeah. Or a shark. Okay. All right. That's okay. a terrible so you... question. <laughs> Wait, you asked me the other okay. day. You go to a restaurant. Hang on. You walk in. It's a burrito place, and they only have two kinds of burrito, shark burrito and elephant burrito. Which one do you order? I'd probably go with the shark burrito. Yeah. But you, wait, you I, asked me, you asked me one the other day, which was, I thought about this all weekend and I asked oh no. people And this one is, it, it's more, um, it kind of fucks with me a little bit more. I mean, I don't want to <sighs> oh, eat an yeah. elephant or a shark. I text, I texted you this one. Yeah. Was it a right? gallon, a gallon or a quart? Oh, just like a standard jar. I think, I think that's a, a quart. quart. Would yeah. you rather eat a quart of mayonnaise? Or a yeah. pack of cigarettes, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I mean that's more relatable because you can you can eat both of those things. Whereas an elephant or a yeah, shark, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, what did people say over the weekend? What was the what did what did you hear? What are, you've taken it to the people. They, you focus grouped it. <laughs> a lot of people said they would eat. A box of cigarettes, which is just really like, who the fuck am I friends with? That is yeah. terrible. I mean, even if you assume it's like nat unfiltered cigarettes, <laughs> so you don't have to eat the whatever filter. Oh my god! Yeah, no way, man. I would eat. I mean, how much mayonnaise how, until the sun went down? How much mayo do you think you could get down before you were sick? Like, how many? Sittings, you does might it be take surprised. You, to get... you could do a court. I could do a court in a sitting. I, I don't even like mayonnaise that much, but I could do a court in a sitting. I wouldn't be psyched about it, but I'd be. I'd feel a hell of a lot better than than if I ate a box of cigarettes. Yeah, I think that's right. I would go with the mayonnaise too. There's a. I mean, I. Did you ever smoke? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, I smoked it. Then it's so gross. Yeah, it's so gross. I can't be. I don't like the smell of cigarette smoke. I couldn't. I could never inhale. Like I just couldn't. I remember I yeah. tried. I had a clove cigarette when I was in like ninth grade or something, and I couldn't inhale, so I just gave up. Yeah, like that you got to go. Through, you got to put a lot of footwork in. To be breathing smoke is so unpleasant for your for yeah. a person's body that you got to be really committed to fucking inhaling cigarette smoke. I just I don't know how people do it. If I hadn't done it myself, I wouldn't believe it was possible because it is so gross. And the first time I smoked, I was definitely like vomitously yeah. ill. Yeah. And I was like, but whatever the price of being a cool kid is, I'm that's sign me up. Yeah. I and then I was hopelessly addicted. Couldn't do it. Um, but wait a second. There's so there was a TV show on for maybe four. No, say six episodes or whatever. And it was called the glutton bowl. Do you remember this? No. So it was a eating competition and it was so hopelessly excessive and American where you would have these two tables and you'd have all these people posted up and the, whatever the next challenge was, this giant plastic bowl would raise down or lower down from the ceiling and turn over and spill out hundreds of pounds of whatever the fucking thing was. And, and then they'd clean all of that up or whatever. And then the people would be, would sit down and they would be sitting in front of this huge bowl of mayonnaise or like <laughs> two pounds of butter or one was like a three foot long sushi roll. And 
there was six inches that were just solid wasabi. They did <laughs> brains. They did hot dogs. They did hamburgers. And they were like championship champion eaters from all over the world. And I think that Japanese kid who trains, he looks super fit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. he always wins the hot dog eating contest. Right. I think he ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, I always remember like these people sitting in front of these giant bowls of mayonnaise and eating them with a huge spoons. That reminds me of two things. The first thing is I went out to sushi with my wife like last year. It was the whole family. We were there and she, they put the sushi down on the table and she reached out and picked up the wasabi and like the whole ball of it and popped it in her mouth and she like chewed it and swallowed it. And then she was like, I was like, what, what are you doing? She's like, I thought, I don't know. My brain saw avocado <laughs> and she I just ate completely it. Completely forgot what being what, like <laughs> what, yeah. the, the last million times she ever ate sushi. Yeah. It was wow. just this, she had this like automatic reaction. She was like, Oh, avocado and popped it in her mouth. And to her credit, she didn't vomit. Yeah, she was crying yeah. uh, and laughing, uh, which was good. God, it gets into your <laughs> sinuses and it like it, it's just like cooks, psychoactive at that point. It's your entire nervous system. The other story is there was um, when I was in college, I was friends with these guys in this band. Uh, the band was called Doc Hopper and they lived at this house uh, called Hellgate and, you know, like they had a half pipe, not a half pipe, quarter pipe, half pipe. I forget what they had. They had a skate ramp and they would have bands play there. And it was like always lunacy. And they lived around the corner from us. And one day they some kid was like, you know, back then it was like, oh, everyone was like, oh, I'm going to drink a jolt, jolt cola. Like you had all these little shitty punk rock kids who were just like sugar fiends. <laughs> Do you recall mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, I love sugar so much I could eat a bowl of sugar. And I think my friend Chris, who's in Doc Opera, was like, fuck you, no, you can't. (laughs) And they like poured him a bowl of sugar at a party. And he's sitting down with like a spoon and a bowl of sugar. I don't know, maybe it's a pound of sugar. And he's just like trying to eat it. And I don't think he got very far before he was um, he was ill. I am a big fan of eating like food challenges, you know, and that always comes at like you're sitting around at all you can eat taco Tuesday. And then, it, it you know, you, if you're, you have two people eating, uh, it's going to turn into a contest. You have two people <laughs> on a bike. It's going to turn into a race. You know, there's, there's yeah. always like, that's just a competitive spirit spirit in a human body. And I love ridiculous challenges like that. It's some, one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite things. And it always, you know, everybody's got friends who, Actually, my, I I was at a bike race and I got I paid I got paid like fifteen dollars to eat fifty slices of American cheese in under a minute, and I did it, and it was fine. You did it? Yeah, I got to take a couple swallows of beer, and when the beer hits the American cheese, it just turns to oil, basically. So Ooh. I was like, I had my hand in my mouth. I was like trying to force it down my throat, and then I realized there's an easier way of doing this. And you can we bang it my, out in four bites. It's not that hard. I could, I could, I guess I could see that. Yeah. We paid my friend Mark seven bucks to do a shot of Tabasco once, like a full shot glass of Tabasco. Oof. And he was like, that was not enough money. Yeah. I would do it again, but that was not enough money. 
it's and not then, it's um, not impossible but your body's you're not your body's not really built to to do that. i mean your average no. person then there's the people who eat the the peruvian psycho pepper eating right. contests or whatever but they're cut from a different cloth altogether there was a period too where we i remember i was at a party at my friend lauren's house and she had like one of those hanging baskets with like garlic and olive uh, onions and like maybe there were some bananas because that's the thing you put in a hanging basket and i took i don't know whether it was my friend mike or me took the onion and bit it and then was like yelled bite the onion and started just <laughs> passing it and everyone was yelling bite the onion and so you had you had all of these idiots taking bites of raw onion like with the with the with the peel on it still and everything and then you would hand it to like some some young woman and she would be like fuck you yeah yeah I, totally I tracks not, yeah well, and so there we go. We went from internet friends to biting onions in uh, just under an hour. Yeah. Nice work for Nailed us. It. I think we should uh, land this plane. Yep. Thanks Push for listening to Revolting. All the way forward. If you, have, if you have questions for us or topics you want us to pontificate on, email me at steve at cyclingindependent.com. Do you have an email address? Robot. I do. It's, it is robot at cyclingindependent.com. Yeah, hit us up. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the Cycling Independent, please share it with a friend. It's the only way to keep this party going. Party Episode going. 31. In, in the, the bag. Okay, the on, that, on, the, on that note, uh, I'm steve And I'm Robot. <laughs> Don't forget to go chasing waterfalls. Yeah.